0: questions uh, of the people that I worked with. It appears that leaving Benghazi...
1: We were watching the Benghazi hearings, and uh, if you've ever seen these things, there's you know the person who has to answer all the questions, but then there are all the people behind them who have to sit there not doing anything.
0: From any intelligence, Uh, official in our government. And at
2: one point during the hearing, we saw a woman behind Hillary Clinton start to
1: doze off. You really feel for these people. How could you possibly stay focused, stay awake when you have nothing to do? Um, So online with us now, we have a former employee of the federal government who uh, is going to use a pseudonym. We're going to call her Tracy. Um, She's here to help.
0: We would have meetings that we're in preparation for other meetings, we'd have debriefs of those meetings. <laughs> we would have meetings um, on how to have more efficient meetings. Wow. And you start to see that your days and weeks and months are going to look like this, and you need some coping mechanisms.
2: Well, let's, let's have some of your techniques then.
0: If you're in large group meetings and you want to participate with other colleagues, for instance, sort of like group, group coping we would pre-select buzzwords that you know were going to be repeated over and over and over again and decide on those ahead of time and then treat it sort of like a drinking game. (laughs) In one case, a friend of mine and I went in, pre-selected them. We each had a bag of peanut M&Ms, and we sat on opposite ends of the room, but so that we could still have eye contact with each other. And every time a buzzword was said, we would pop an M&M, and the first person to get to the end of the bag won.
1: Without revealing too much of your identity, can you, do you remember a sample buzzword that, that you played this game with?
0: Um, the president.
1: The phrase, the president.
0: Yeah, talking about the president of the United States. And, wow.
1: And in, say, one of these meetings, how many, um, how many times would, would you down an M&M?
0: Oh, we we finished the bag probably within the first. It was the game was over pretty early. We didn't plan that terribly well.
1: Wow, wow.
2: All right. Anything else?
0: Well, I I've never used this before, but if you, I have friends who have small children, and often the tedious meetings back to back would do them in because they were already exhausted, and they tend to fall asleep in meetings. I'm not a sleeper in meetings, but some people choose to. Um, and for that approach, there are probably two tactics that are important to factor in. You always want to nod forward, never back, way too obvious. And then you always have your meeting materials in your lap. <laughs> Oftentimes my friends would get, a, get away with it for quite a while because it just looked like they were studying the p- materials.
1: No, really?
0: Absolutely. And then all you had to do was make sure you were turning the page when everyone else turned the page. Yeah. And you could pretty much nod off.
1: Can I say, I you know, as somebody who, who has never worked in government, I, I imagine that people who are sort of working in the executive branch are a kind of species of human greater than myself, that they don't get bored, they don't doodle, they don't fall asleep in meetings. And there's something so reassuring about this.
0: I mean, at the end of the day, a meeting is a meeting, and sometimes you have to be there whether you like it or not for you know internal politics in the office coalition building all of those all of those reasons
1: was coalition building ever a word that you, you used to play the m M&M game
0: absolutely
2: well tracy and, and we want to uh say once again tracy is not your real name it's a pseudonym to protect your identity tracy thank you so much for telling us about how to pay attention in meetings
0: thank you it's been a pleasure.
1: You know, I have to say, I like this M&M game, where you pick something, you stay focused on it, and you get to eat an M&M every time you hear it. We should do that with this week's show. This show could be pretty boring. That that could be a great way to keep people interested. So, uh, if you're out there, you want to stay focused, every time you hear the, the phrase, the president, in this week's show, uh, have an M&M or the snack of your choosing.
2: This is something that we know has the endorsement of the president. This is How
1: to Do Everything. I'm Mike. And I'm Ian. On today's show, Tim Gunn will answer your how-to questions, fashion and otherwise. But first... Hey, Kathy. What can we help you with?
0: Well, it came to me... um, I was out in the gardens, just smelling a nice flower, and I was with somebody. And I was just about to say, I can't believe the smell of this flower. You need to smell it. When I realized I needed to smell it again, so I went in for a second sniff. And my first thought was, what if I just sniffed all the smell out of it? (laughs) <laughs> and it's not going to be as good for the next person. Now that I've just talked about how amazing it was, so is increased smelling of something decreasing the amount of smell that it has?
1: Huh? Over time, could you pull all of the smell away from it?
0: Absolutely.
2: That's an interesting question, and it—I does... have
0: been bothered by that question. Well, I can years. see
2: that. Yeah, because I mean, you look at a flower and you think maybe there are smell particles on there, and that if you just have a violent enough inhalation, you could just <laughs> suck them all in. Right. Well, we're gonna
1: we're gonna see if we can figure this out, Kathy.
0: That would be terrific. I appreciate your help.
1: You know, I think we should test out this this smell thing. It, it's what the president would do. But first, uh, we have David Edwards on the phone. He's a smell expert.
2: So, David, can you sniff all the smell out of something?
3: Well, the straightforward answer is conceivably you could, but it's pretty hard to do that. So, if if you have a flower, for example, a flower is constantly, when it's in bloom, it's constantly emitting a scent. And scent are little molecules that are in a vapor form, and they're floating up above the flower, and they're just constantly going in the air. And if you get your nose near enough to the flower, you, those molecules enter your nose, and they, they produce the sensation of scent. Now, once those molecules are in your nose, they're definitely not going to deliver scent to someone else. On the other hand, uh, the scent is going to other parts of the atmosphere, and it continues coming in the air. And so even if were you to lean over and smell really hard the scent of a flower, it would continue to produce that scent for other people to come and smell it too.
1: I I wonder, though, if there's something where the smell of of the thing is the thing, kind of like on an elemental level. I I wonder. Yeah,
3: for um, something to produce a scent... It needs to be producing vapor. Now, it's true that when you smell, uh, for example, a rock on a hot day, uh, you can often uh, gather a scent. And what's typically happening, what is happening there, is that the this, the, the rock is producing some uh, very, very uh, faint amount of powder in the air, and that powder can go into your nose and produce a scent.
1: Could I conceivably... Um Given enough time and uh, enough force of my nose, could I smell the rock away? Could I just pull it all <laughs> into powder and, you know, d- pull uh, it into my well, nose?
3: It is pretty impossible given the conditions on planet Earth. Um, uh, but yeah, in principle, uh, you know, we do see, of course, rocks. Uh, uh, that um, evolve in shape because of uh, waves and wind and so forth, and that's essentially what's happening. Is there's uh, little, um, uh, you know, grains or very, very, very tiny pieces of uh, the rock eventually get pulled away.
1: Well, David, thank you so much. Thank you very much.
2: Okay, so we're going to try this out. We're going to try and sniff all the smell uh, out of something, and in this case, it'll be my armpits.
1: Nadia is here. She has brought a very, very strong vacuum uh mike has two underarms we're going to use one as a control and
2: like the president i did put deodorant uh in on both arms both underarms
1: so uh in, in a couple minutes we're going to bring in our taste tester peter Sagel. but uh, for now we're we're going to try and vacuum the smell out i think really get it, get right up there against the something got in there it sounds like how's that feel
2: feels fantastic okay, cool. have you ever had a a deep tissue massage no well, then
1: it's not at all like that so nadia you're uh you're pretty new around here <laughs> um when uh, you saw the job description that you applied for, did it, did it ever say you may have to vacuum the host's armpit?
0: You know, it, it did not include that. Um.
1: All right, let's, yeah. uh, let's shut it down and, and bring in Peter. Okay, Peter, you ready? I'm
2: always ready. At this point, yes. So we have an experiment where we're uh, smelling things, and the question we're trying to answer is can you sniff all of the smell
1: out of a thing. Can you actually inhale the molecules causing the smell so that yes. there is no more smell? Yes. Can you be an air filter? Yes.
2: Okay. And so,
1: we want you to smell each of Mike's armpits and tell us if you, if you detect any difference in any way. No. No no I no, think he, he no, wore no. he wore I, deodorant I, today. I, I'm very I'm not smelling his no, he armpits. He did it. He did it. Yeah yeah I, I did it. I'm really happy but I'm I you have now reached the line. I'm not going to smell his armpits. He I, he I'm wore not, No. He I wore not going to it. He wore Old Spice today. I need to maintain a professional relationship. I'm not smelling his armpits. I I am telling you I am not going to do this. What if you saw me get in there first? I'm doesn't matter. I have punched you, I have smelled fart, I have eaten the most disgusting things. I am not smelling his armpits. You need somebody else, I refuse. This is Beyond this, I will not go. This is where I draw the line. Okay. I, it's a line in the sand. I'm not smelling his armpits. Okay,
2: okay. all right, thank you, Peter. Yes, no, It's right. not doing that. All right, I'll do it. She, she can do it. I'll do it. All right. go. all
1: right, Ian's going in. That was kind of disappointing. Really, but it's nice to know. It's nice to know where that line is. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go in here. Okay, okay. okay? All right, I, I will admit it. This is a, an excessive sound effect of sniffing. It's almost like you're the, okay. the president of sniffing. Okay, it's kind of a, it's kind of amazing what's
2: happened. So tell me, so the first sniff was the vacuumed, the sucked out
1: armpit. Yes. How did it smell well uh it smelled like deodorant okay it's i mean it smelled like it smelled like a you know a deodorant a deodorized armpit is so supposed to smell okay your other armpit i could it smelled like deodorant but also a little bit of man, and so I think the vacuum sucked out the bad. Yeah, but left in the good. So what the vacuum did was it sucked out all of the
2: stuff I've accumulated since I've put on the deodorant. So all the activity that's that's going on, all the stress in my life driving the kids to school, getting to work, talking to you, all that stuff got sucked out from the vacuum and all that's left, clean
1: shirt, deodorant. I mean, that's a little more philosophical and existential that it, it sucked out all the bad things that have happened to you today, but, but I mean, yeah, we're saying the same thing. That's fantastic. I, it seems like all the things, all the stresses in your life were sucked into that vacuum. A lot of people, you know, there are people who believe uh, a camera steals your soul. Yeah. Clearly, the a, vac- a vacuum is what what does the soul stealing. Hey, thanks for listening to How to Do Everything. We have something really special to tell you about. It's a conversation with the author of the Robert Galbraith mystery novels, but you probably know her as J.K. Rowling. Don't miss a rare
2: conversation with J.K. Rowling on Pop Culture Happy Hour, NPR's fun and lively roundtable discussion of movies, books, TV shows, music, and more. J.K. Rowling is on Pop Culture Happy Hour. Listen now at npr.org slash podcasts and on the NPR One app. We heard from Matthew. Matthew and his wife, Alicia, listened to How to Do Everything while having a romantic dinner to celebrate their anniversary.
1: Matthew, Alicia, these next 15 seconds are for you.
2: First of all, Matthew and Alicia, happy anniversary. Um, we're honored to be part of your celebration.
1: I mean, I, I, can, I can feel the romance right now.
2: Yeah, in fact, I would say that we can both feel the love
1: tonight. This this is probably the the perfect question. If you're not sure if you can feel the love tonight, um, you're going to need to ask yourself the question in this song: Can you feel the love tonight?
2: Hopefully, the answer is yes. Matthew
4: now it's
1: the part of our show where we like to thank our sponsors i would also at this moment like to thank the president for his hard work stamps.com with stamps.com you can avoid
2: trips to the post office
1: buy and print official u.s postage for any letter or package right from your computer 500,000 small businesses already use Stamps.com. Right now, use the promo code everything for a special offer. A four-week trial, plus a digital scale and free postage. Go to Stamps.com, click on
2: the microphone, and type in everything. Also this week, we want to thank Casper. You know Casper, they're an online retailer for mattresses.
1: Casper mattresses are American-made and obsessively engineered for comfort. They use two technologies, latex foam and memory foam.
2: Those two things will give you just the right amount of sink and bounce, and they have a risk-free trial. You can try out your Casper mattress for 100 days with free delivery
1: and returns. They say it's outrageous comfort at a polite price. So go to casper.com slash everything to check out their options.
2: And they have a special offer for listeners of How to Do Everything. Use the promo code everything to redeem $50 towards a Casper mattress that works for you. Terms and
1: conditions apply. Just think, if you use the How to Do Everything code to buy your mattress, it'll be like we're all there spooning together, Mike You, me, that other guy, I don't know how he got here. Matthew. We're all sinking and bouncing together. Alicia. The president. Happy anniversary. We've noticed in the how-to mailbox, there are a number of questions of a uh, fashion or even just a physical appearance type nature. We are, Mike and I, ill-equipped to answer these questions. But Tim Gunn
2: is healthy equipped to answer them. So Tim is here with us now,
1: Uh, Tim if you're ready, we're going to throw some questions at you. Okay, uh, Scott wants to know, um, he says, I occasionally need to inspect storm sewers and sanitary sewers. Both are mostly located on streets, so I need to wear a safety vest while working. It seems that the safety vest, Scott says, is not the most fashionable attire. How can I make the safety vest sexy?
4: Well. I I don't know that one can in Scott's case. Mm. I think that the rest of the of 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 the look head to toe needs to be fashionable and I would dress up for the vest. I would wear uh a, a, a tie, a, a, I would wear uh dress trousers um and nice shoes even though you're going into a sewer. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I shouldn't say that. I would wear Shoes with rubber soles, but but there are nice dress shoes that fall into that category.
1: Can I ask you? Uh, uh, I have a question. This is this is Ian speaking, and I, I have I'm having an issue right now that maybe you can help with. I uh, I hurt my foot. I, oh dear! Uh, yeah, and I'm in this what giant. What did you do, Ian? Well, I uh, it's all around the Achilles uh, tendon. Ouch. Yeah, yeah. It's it's.
4: Well, that's it's, serious.
1: It is. It is. I'm in a giant orthopedic boot. Oh, uh, which is um, it's it's difficult to pull off. I wonder if you have any tips for you know looking any looking like anything other than just a, a patient. You know,
4: well, I've been there myself. Okay, so um, I I I know firsthand, and it is a medical apparatus. And I say this, own it. Don't pretend it's anything else. I mean, I know it's rather homely and it it's conflicts with the rest of your appearance, but it does say, I'm injured, and take note. I think people who dress up to hide it are doing themselves a disservice because people could inadvertently bump into them, they could, uh, any, num- any number of things could happen, but this way people will take notice, they will give you uh, full berth to, to get away and, and, and not interfere with your safety or injure you any further. I I really do say own it. Does it make sense, Tim, to get a a
2: matching boot for his other leg?
4: (laughs) Well, you could. I mean, no one wears just one boot, right? What an interesting thought. So two orthopedic boots. Well, you'll get get a lot of sympathy. Yeah. Or someone will think it's the newest fashion trend. Could, that would be interesting. We could do that. We'll start a trend. I'll do it too. Well, that well, would be great. Right. We can we can we can parade through the streets of Chicago together, and <laughs> the next thing you know, everyone is going to be wearing them. Yeah,
2: who's that guy that takes pictures in the New York Times style section? It oh, just be Bill filled, Cunningham. Yeah, with
1: yeah. pictures of orthopedic boots. The latest thing. Do you do you want to try one more question?
4: I am delighted to spend the rest of the day with you guys. <laughs> Isn't that a scary prospect for you? <laughs> All right,
2: well let's let's try one more. We have a question from Joyce. Joyce wants to know how do I make
4: my cat smarter? Well, how about more f- cat food with fish in it? Oh yeah, isn't fish brain food? That's yeah, right. I
1: think that's right. Do you have pets?
4: I don't. At the moment, I, I well I at the moment I haven't had pets for three decades, but I grew up with dogs okay. and and I have a great obedience school story. I, this is with our basset hound I, I took I took the basset hound brandy was her name to obedience school. She was the best in the class every single session. and the last session, the the day of the big final exam, she decided just to lay down and do nothing. Huh. And I was devastated because I wanted the certificate with both of our names on it and no she failed. So, talked to my parents and I was I was 9 or 10. Took her back the next for the next series of sessions because I wanted that certificate and once again, Brandy was fantastic through the whole thing. And then for the final exam, she just rolled over, and I thought this dog likes the social experience of this obedience school. It was it was humiliating, and I was mad at her. How did you guys recover? Um, I don't know that I ever did. I I still picture the place on my bedroom wall where I would have hung the certificate, <laughs> and it remained empty.
2: Poor Brandy. Well, or poor me. Yeah, poor family. <laughs> Well, Tim, thank you so much for answering these
1: questions.
4: Well, this was a huge amount of fun. I'd love to join you all again.
1: You can see Tim Gunn very likely wearing two orthopedic boots on Project Runway Junior.
2: You can see that on the Lifetime Network, premiering November 12th.
1: Well, that does it for this week's show. What would you learn, Ian? I learned that people in government, even the people who, you know, I think we hold to a higher standard... They're, they're just like us. They doodle. They fall asleep in meetings.
2: I always think government work seems so exciting. Like there's like the fate
1: of nations at stake. Yeah. I mean, I guess like anything, there's the people that have to plan for the planning. You know, at the end, somebody gets to put their face on it.
2: Do you think that's how it was when they were drafting the Declaration of Independence, that they had a, a
1: meeting for
2: planning the meeting when everyone would sign it?
1: There was probably a meeting just about signature sizes that one person, not going to name names, one person didn't attend, a little bigger than everyone agreed upon.
2: I'll go first. Well, John, you weren't, let me do it. That's why we have meetings,
1: John. How to Do Everything is produced by Nadia Wilson. Our technical director is Lorna White. Uh, the commander of the armed forces is the president. Our intern this week, it's two interns, it's Darren and Miranda. Thank you for, for staying awake uh, through all of the many meetings that it takes to make the How to Do Everything podcast what it is. We also had help from
2: Candace this week, so it wasn't just David and Miranda. Although you guys were great in meetings, as, as Ian said, really stellar work.
1: Get us your questions at howto at npr.org. And you can
2: visit our website, howtodoeverything.org. I'm Ian. And I'm Mike. Thanks.